This program is sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries. This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Set me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here. Welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. If you don't know who Blazing Grace is, we are a ministry to persons who struggle with porn addiction, sex addiction, adultery. We have a ministry to wives. We work with youth also. We offer counseling. I've written nine books. Uh, We offer conferences and support groups for men and wives. And we also have eight support and prayer groups that meet during the week. And those are free. Um, Prayer is a big part of the recovery process, and that's where the power of God gets brought into the healing process. So if you're struggling, don't mess around because this stuff can destroy your life. Around 15 years ago, a researcher found that uh, more than 50% of marriage, 50% of divorces had pornography involved in them, and then Uh, Several years ago, a pastor of a large church of 5,000 told me that every single marriage that comes to them for help has pornography in it. So pornography is – porn addiction is rampaging through the church right now and tearing up and destroying lives. And one of the things that we do on this program is highlight issues and topics that oftentimes are – Ignored in most churches, unfortunately, and that's to the devastation of many lives. And so that's why we talk so openly about these issues, not just about porn and sex addiction, but I've had guests on who've shared their stories with sexual abuse, and I went through that myself. We talk about the occult because this is getting marketed to a lot of teens. And we go into a lot of the hard issues like depression and anxiety and suicide, and I have a woman who's going to be interviewed coming up maybe in a month or so where her husband committed suicide, and these are the things that God's people are struggling with. So these are the things we need to be speaking into their lives on what it looks like to heal and recover and overcome, and we live in a very dangerous time. And we don't want to go to church and keep walking out with the idea everything is bunnies and marshmallows. Uh, no, it's not. This is this is tough spiritual warfare time. So we have to have that approach that I'm here to help people be overcomers. I'm here to equip people. And I think we need to take that approach in our church. And so there's two main themes that I see in Scripture. The first is love the love of God. And how did God begin the book of Genesis? By creating this 
garden paradise called Eden with I think there was a streams running through it and beautiful place, wonderful fruits and vegetables. Man, I would have loved to have tasted those and um, first man and woman are created, probably Mr. and Miss Body Beautiful and they're naked and but they're not ashamed. There's no sin. No arguing, no fighting. Man, can you imagine that? So all that just shows God's heart from the beginning. His heart for us is one of kindness, compassion, and love. And even wanting to be with us. And then I think it's Genesis 3. Satan enters the scene. He deceives Eve with a lie or two. Down she goes. The human race is infected with sin. They have... Um, Cain and Abel and Cain kills Abel and so ever since then the human race has been at war and so we have to have this outlook that we're at war and there's an intense spiritual battle and a lot of lives are being crushed and destroyed but we have the power of the living God before us and we can make a difference and an impact we can be lights in a dark world if we're willing to make some changes. If church is more about comfort, if church is about challenging people, if it's about being a house of prayer, if there's fire and there's prayer meetings, which we need so desperately, and talking about these issues openly, we can make a huge difference. So last week, I ended up talking about AI girlfriends, artificial intelligence um, girlfriends, and And then I kind of ran out of time, so I wanted to pick up with that. And so artificial intelligence is all over the news. People are talking about how damaging it can be, and and certainly it is. And the porn industry is going to be taking advantage of this. It already is. So this is where people can create a porn movie and then or a computer-generated porn product and then using AI – you'll be able to, or people will be able to, hopefully you don't want to, people will be able to interact with the porn actors or actresses in these software programs or in this computer-generated pornography. And and that is going to be, that it already is so very dangerous. And I, somebody told me, actually my son told me about it, and I was curious and I, put AI girlfriends into Google because I hadn't heard much about it and there was a whole bunch of listings on it already and I didn't go to any of them. I'm not, I'm not testing that stuff, I have, but it, it's here. It's in its infancy, but give it another, maybe another year, maybe two years and you're going to have living porn, I'm going to put it that way. I mean, art, artificial intelligence is not alive, but it will be a product that People can interact with and not just artificial girlfriends. It can be artificial boyfriends uh, for women or, you know, I'm going to say this, you know, same gender attraction. So this is going to be very toxic. And I shared last week how um, a guy named Anti-Prophet who has one million followers on YouTube, and he's not a believer. He, He did a video on this and he actually tested um, did a test run with one of these AI girlfriends and he said it 
hijacked, this is his words, it hijacked his brain and made him believe he was actually talking to somebody who cared about me. Man, if you're if you're alone or lonely and the enemy opens the door to that and you start buying into this is going to be my comfort, this is going to be far more dangerous than regular porn. Regular porn as it is enough is already toxic and already destroying lives. And he said his words are AI girlfriends, boyfriends will lead to the destruction of society. Do you know how toxic this is going to be? This is horrible. <clears throat> and then I ran into some comments on the internet about this. People have posted, and this is makes me want to puke. One guy wrote, some, some of this seems like it could be therapeutic to have an AI girlfriend. Some people pay a therapist to listen to their problems and make them feel heard. It may not make a difference if it's a real person listening or not. Oh, my gosh. Now you're going to have AI porn be your counselor. And that that's terrifying. And then one wrote, under current modern relationship circumstances, and this is by a guy, I fully support whatever meets men's needs without having to be in a relationship with a modern woman. And this um, outlook on life is already taking hold of a lot of men and um, a lot of women are complaining there isn't a lot out there in the way of men who are spiritually and emotionally mature and the two reasons that men are slowed down two big ones have to do with video games and pornography those things are sucking the life out of a lot of men and living in this illusion and this fantasy world that it destroys your psyche it destroys your emotions and it warps you into isolation you don't want to go there we're meant for connections with real people not a fake, phony, counterfeit, I hate the word, connection with a piece of software, a movie, especially one with evil that's behind it. One guy wrote, finally, there's a solution for married men, meaning that, well, I'm not going to be getting sex in my marriage, so I'm going this way with a virtual affair. This is horrible. It is more sin, more destruction, and more, it's going to be, incredibly addictive <clears throat> and recently one woman tested this she uh she was uh open my mind is blanking open um you, you probably know the the website i'm thinking of some of you she uh they did it a test she licensed her face um on a sexually provocative uh ai program and they did it for a week, and they took in $71,000 from this test of people willing to pay to interact with an artificial intelligence girlfriend. This is, like the guy said, this is going to destroy society. I mean, a lot of people talk about communist China, and it has a lot of problems, but at least they have enough sense to know, and this is their own, they say it's, it will spiritually destroy the country. I mean, they're destroying churches. That's not good. But at least that somebody has enough common sense to say, no, this is bad for society. And we need people to stand up and say, no, this is bad for society. It needs to be said in the church, in governments, and everywhere. This is destructive. And you also have to remember that the demonic forces are going to be behind it. So, yeah, you're going to be – people could be talking to a screen – 
But this is a demonic, satanic product. And you're going to be messing with the demonic realm when you're messing with this stuff. So we have to warn people now, but not just about the AI porn coming up, but that the porn that they're already engaged in, when you have a church where 70% of the men are viewing porn and upwards of 30% or more of women, and I'm guessing it's a lot more than that these days because with youth, young boys and girls, those numbers are up in the 90s. We got to warn people today, now about this, about pornography, about all forms of sexual sin, not just the thing coming down the road. Right now, the church is corrupt with this. And we have to warn people, but we don't often do warnings in the church, do we? We're too much about comfort. And I'm going to read to you one of Paul's warnings from Scripture where it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. And boy, ain't that the truth? I mean, my flesh screams at times that, hey, I'd really like to go this way. And the Spirit's whispering, no, 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 do not do that. There's a continual war inside of us. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, and this is here it is, I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is in Galatians, by the way. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And daily I'm praying, and often multiple times a day, God, please crucify my flesh because I know it wants the wrong things. It wants to look women up and down. It wants to to go the wrong way. It wants to run to pride or arrogance or whatever. Keep me crucified. Keep me dead. Let me live in the power of your resurrection. And we have to, we have to take this position that God, please crucify my wants. And, and I'm, warnings, like like Paul said, I warn you as I warned you before. We have to warn people that their lives are going to be destroyed and are being destroyed now by sexual sin. And Jesus warned us in Matthew five twenty nine to 30. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members and that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members and your whole body goes into hell. In the, in the book of Galatians, they're writing that letter to the church. This is not written to unbelievers. This is written to the church. These warnings are to the church. To the, every single church, every single Sunday morning, we got to have these warnings. Industrial strength. Because sometimes we all need them. I need them. Like, you cannot mess with sin. I get tempted all the time. And I, I'm sure you guys do too. And we gotta, we got to support each other. But if you're too chicken little to talk about sex or porn or 
masturbation or adultery or a cult or the real world things people are struggling with, you're going to leave your people hanging out there in the wind. You can't do that anymore. And I'm going to read now a from an article, a news article I, I stumbled onto. And I think a lot of people know who Taylor Swift is. And so this is in Remnant News. In Taylor Swift's Willow Music video, she includes occult worship, a troubling practice being normalized in culture across numerous forms of media. The Willow Music video follows Taylor Swift as she tries to connect with her lover. Something always stands in their way. And they are forced to escape in different time periods where they attempt to connect again. Scenes for the first two verses find Swift in a forest in a 1920s bar before the third scene takes place during cult worship around a campfire. This cult worship scene has no relevance to the song, nor does it tie into the scenes from the previous verses. Swift observes the occult ritual, taking it in for a few moments before taking her place and joining the dance. The inclusion of the campfire witchcraft scene is confusing as it was unnecessarily added onto lyrics. It has zero relevance to. Swift has continued to tie witchcraft to this song during her heiress tour, donning ritualistic garb while performing the song and having her backup dancers wear capes. I was talking to my 21-year-old daughter, Rebecca, about this. Actually, yesterday, and she just looked at me and says, so Taylor Swift is a witch. And, yeah, so what's going on here is either Taylor Swift has no idea what she's doing, just thinks it's some hip, trendy, cool thing, or she's all the way in and she knows what she's doing and she's in the occult and she's into witchcraft, like my daughter said. Sometimes... The youth have a way of just putting it out there in ways we need to hear it. And the occult is alive and well in, in this society. Satan is having a field day, and he's marketing the occult to youth. So I did a newsletter on youth a little while ago, I think last month, and I asked Rebecca to write about or write the occult. And this is what she wrote. I'm going to read it for you. What I see with youth is they are hungry and searching for fulfillment from something. And if they are not finding it in the church, they will try to find it in other things such as relationships, substances, pornography, or the occult or other things. I have seen a lot of youth get into zodiac signs and not realize that it is witchcraft or more, and more and more are being interested in witchcraft. I've gotten videos on my Instagram feed of teenagers explaining how to become a witch and cast spells, and I don't even search for those videos. So this is right in front of our youth's face. And then she writes, Youth group at church, for me, felt like high school. There were cliques, and it felt hard to feel accepted by the other kids. There was a foosball table, an air hockey machine, and always loud, always loud music playing. It's not that there's anything wrong with those things, but it felt more like a place to play rather than a place to worship and encounter God. If the youth are not being equipped at church or at home, 
Sadly, I am not surprised by the statistics that show that 75% of our youth are leaving the church. When is the last time you heard the occult brought up in youth group or at the pulpit? There are a lot of people who are playing with this stuff and some don't even realize it. I mean, I've heard of a pastor talk about Harry Potter and use him for it. An illustration for a sermon, my gosh, Harry Potter has real-world satanic rituals. You don't want that stuff in your mind. You're playing with witchcraft. And I've had ex-witches and ex-people know you called on the radio show, and they said full-blown that the Harry Potter movies are meant to be doorway products to introduce people into witchcraft. And Yeah, maybe some can, I'm sure a lot can take it or leave it, but, you know, we're called in the church to a high standard of holiness. We should not be watching movies like that. In fact, I read one book recently where the guy said, we need to kill our TV, and I agree with that. The less we have to do with the entertainment of this world, the better off we're going to be, and I'm talking Christian entertainment too. I'd rather spend time in prayer than drop three hours on a movie. And I just read this article to you from Taylor Swift where she's now incorporating the occult into her quote-unquote entertainment, a lot of people are going to think, wow, that's cool. Look at what they're doing. And maybe try and research this thing some more. And I'm bringing this up because we have to be aware of this stuff. It's slipping. It's, it's in the church. It's in people's lives and in their homes. You do not want to mess with this stuff. Another news article from World Magazine, Turning Worship into a Clown Show. And I'm quoting here, the recent parting of ways between the Southern Baptist Convention and Saddleback Church focused on the status of women with regard to pastoral leadership and ministry. But a recent video clip of the church's senior pastors, Andy and Stacy Wood, suggests that the problem is much deeper than the presenting issue of female pastors. Leading worship while dresses characters from the Toy Story franchise suggests problems that go way beyond debates about the nature of female teachers. And then he gave a link on there to where th- these two pastors are w- the, got the guys wearing a Woody outfit. His wife is wearing, I think, a Bo Peep outfit, and they're up there on the stage at church. And oh, uh, and when I read that, I just kind of started groaning inside. And then he writes, at the heart of the Saddleback Project is the idea of seeker sensitivity of making the church a relaxed and comfortable place for outsiders. There are a number of very real dangers here of which the short clip is emblematic. We live in a childless age where immaturity is lionized, where it be the spoiled brat behavior of a celebrity or the cheap tantrums of Joe Public on Twitter, leading worship as a pair of giggling cartoon characters can only be described as a trivialization of worship. And he goes on to call it a trivialization of God. And what should church be about? I'm going to read Amos 5, 21 to 27. It's supposed to be a place of holiness. We're and Amos is getting in the church's face where he says, I hate, I reject your festivals, nor do I delight in your festive assemblies. Even though you offer up to me burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept and I will not even look at the peace offerings of your fattened oxen. 
Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not even listen to the sound of your harps. Let justice roll out like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Psalm 96, 9. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Hebrews twelve fourteen as a warning, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. The, whole, the church should be a place of holiness and reverence and the fear of the Lord, not cartoon characters, especially not from Disneyland where there's a lot of satanic stuff being introduced. My friends, <laughs> we have a lot of work to do. And... Um, I think God is calling all of us to make him first and to set aside comfort or secret-sensitive ways or the things that we've been talking about, movies that corrupt, and go hard after him, make him first. So thank you for joining me, and we'll talk to you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144. This program was sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries.